Hi guys, this is Carrie with Fullerton Professional Organizing and today we're talking about Melissa James from Our Happy Hive. Uh, she is talking about five proven steps to actually finish your decluttering project. Um, she started Our Happy Hive about three years ago. Um, now this was in 2020, so it's been four years now. Um, she had two young kids at the time, had a one-year-old and a four-year-old and was working part-time doing human resource consulting. Now, as a human resource consultant, she says, uh, she helped organizations to organize massive projects to lead change to implement systems and create efficiencies and she believes those same tools can be used for you in your home. Uh, she also believes that there's not a one-size-fits-all approach, which is true. We all are different. We have different size homes. We have different storage solutions. We have different needs, wants, desires, um, and different children, different spouses. Everything, uh, you know, is unique. Uh, all right, so she says, have you ever felt that you just don't know where to start? Have you ever wondered what you're going to do with all the decluttering stuff once you've sorted through it? Or maybe you've started and you just felt overwhelmed. The thing is, we're all humans and we have emotions and emotions are things that uh, can be barriers when we are trying to get started or finish a decluttering project. Yes. I mean, even I, as a professional organizer, has um, been overwhelmed, especially in my garage just not knowing where to start. But usually when I just get started somewhere, then the motivation hits and I'm able to continue. And even then I can get in a place where I need to take a break and come back and um, because I start getting overwhelmed again. Now the benefits of decluttering. Again, you're more likely to invite people over if you don't have a lot of clutter. Um, you actually think clear. There have been books written on that. It reduces stress. It provides a sense of accomplishment. Uh, there's a sense of confidence and self-efficiency, which means you see yourself as competent. Decluttering is energizing. Cleaning and, and organizing reduce anxiety and decluttering can reduce relationship and family tension. Um, I find organizing um, relaxing and decluttering. I don't actually find washing dishes and uh, doing housework 
as relaxing for some reason, but I do love decluttering and organizing. Um, now, why is it so hard to get started? So if there's so many positive benefits with decluttering, why is it so hard to get started or to actually finish a decluttering project? And I know I'm not the only one who's ever been derailed in the decluttering efforts, right? Now, why we fail. Sometimes you might be successful at taking some things that you know will sell and that could be a motivation to declutter because you know you, you're going to get a little money back from it. But what if you don't? However, she says, as life gets busier, you find that when you start those things and set them aside, often they just sit there until they sell or maybe it takes a year for someone to be interested. Right now, I have found that during the pandemic, uh, it is a little harder to sell things than it normally would. Uh, sometimes I would uh, post things for sale that I didn't think anyone would ever purchase, but I thought I'd try it before I donated it. And sure enough, someone would buy it to my surprise. And to me, it would be like a faded, you know, faded dishes plastic dishes that faded over time, but sometimes people want them. But now that people are, you know, in their homes more, they are being a little more conservative and gas prices has, have gone up. So people are watching uh, their spending, but there are lots of things that can prevent us from meeting our decluttering goals. It is in uh, it, it involves different processes or distractions, not enough or not an, it involves different processes, a different process or distractions or maybe not enough time. <clears throat> now, here are some statistics. 56% say they, it's overwhelming. 26% say somewhere it's somewhere in the middle. And then 17% say finishing. All right, let me reread that. Earlier this year, I asked my readers, this is her, uh, this is Melissa James asked her readers to share uh, what they struggle with when it comes to completing, completing tasks. And here's what they said. What's the hardest part of a task? Overwhelming. 56% of them said getting started, and 26% said somewhere in the middle, and then 17% said finishing. So then I asked the question, well, what's your biggest struggle with finishing a task? And they 44% said feeling overwhelmed. I hear this, she hears that all the time. Now, um, now having a well-defined, she says, 
it's best to have a well-defined action plan before you start. That also helps uh, eliminate barriers and um, you can head them off at the start. Research shows that our biggest fears, sorry, our brain fears big projects. and often fails to commit to long-term goals because we just abandon ship at the first sign of distress. That's how our brain tends to, it, it's a flight response. Um, it also shows that the biggest wall to success is often just getting started. A well-defined action plan can make it easier for you to track and realize your goals. Um, and that, uh, it can be, that can be for any type of project, losing weight, reading a certain number of books, for achieving your New Year's resolution. The tips that uh, she shares, Melissa James shares, can apply to all of those things. We're just going to focus on decluttering though. Step one, creating a vision is a powerful tool that you can use. Step two, assessing your current situation. What are the problems that you've tried to address and what are the goals that you have? How many rooms do you need to declutter and where are you going to focus your energy? Step three is around identifying the barriers. What are the things that always derail you that prevent you from accomplishing your decluttering goals? Step four, we're looking at removing those barriers because I'm going to encourage you to have a plan to address them so that they don't derail you this time. And last but not least, we're talking about writing down your action plan. Now, create your vision, create your vision. So Pinterest is a great tool that can be used to help with your vision. Seeing some, an idea of what you want your space to look like can be a great motivator, but we can't look at Pinterest and say, ooh, if I don't have it exactly like this, I'm a failure. Pinterest is meant to give you ideas. Pinterest worthy spaces are not always practical and they don't always work. So you do have to be very careful when you're picking Pinterest uh, photos. They're inspirations. They're not meant to be perfect. So, but they can be used to create a vision of what to do and what you end result to look like and feel like. Think of the room that you want to declutter. Think about the future of that space. What purpose do you want it to serve? How will it function with your family? Is it something for your family? Is it for a social gathering? Is it for work? Or is it to be productive like a laundry room? Focus on the transformation. Why is this space important to you? 
What do you want to see in this space? Is it your closet, your living room, your kitchen? When you think about your space, what do you envision? Now, using Pinterest board to create a vision board. Great places to go to create a vision board are places like Pinterest or Instagram. Uh, creating a vision can be a powerful tool to help you know where the end goal is as well as to keep up the motivation when you're ready to throw in the towel. Now, step two, assess the current situation. What? So one of the things that she talks about is going to, uh, she's going to provide you at the end of the, oh, okay, step two, one, sorry, let's backtrack. Assessing the current situation is step two. Now, step one, creating the vision. Step two, assess the current situation, okay? You know, what's working, what's not working. Identify how big the task is. Identify how big the issue. How big is the task? Is it small, medium, or large? I often think of small as things that are two hours or less, something I can do on a rainy day or after the kids go to bed. Medium is a little bit more commitment. Those are projects that take two to six hours, and the large are things that take a day or more. I mean, I really have to block off some time on my calendar to achieve a large decluttering project. There And here's where the commitment comes in, putting it on your calendar, making sure you've blocked out enough time to start, but also enough time to finish. Uh, now, and now you're identifying the barriers. Step three, identify a barriers. Here, I have five barriers listed. She, uh, Melissa has five barriers listed and there are many more barriers than this. This is just a sampling to give you a sense of a few of them. Time challenge. Time to take on, especially a large decluttering project can be a big challenge. Overwhelmed, don't know where to start, overthinking it or feeling like you'll never be finished with the project and so you just don't start. Your mindset, you fear getting rid of something that you may not have enough of when you need it. Criteria confusion, Unclear on how to make a decision on what to get rid of. You're ready to declutter and discard, but you're stumped with what to do after you choose to get rid of the items. Do you try and sell it? Or do you donate it? Or do you throw it out? Those are all questions to keep in mind. Do you have a family that needs it? What will you do with all the discarded stuff that you are now decluttering? 
Now, identify the solutions to the barriers. Step four, remove the barriers. So you could determine how much time you could dedicate a day or a week or a month and break the work into smaller tasks. You could start with the easiest areas first so that you see quick results and then increase, that will increase your motivation because you see some progress. <clears throat> um, now, she calls this the five, the hive five. This is how, this is part of her, uh, her blog and, uh, how she got the name for her her blog. So you get rid of five things every day until you declutter the space that you want to declutter. You put a box in your daughter's closet or your closet or a family member. Your family members have a donation box in their closet. So when they try on an outfit for the day and they decide it doesn't fit or it doesn't look like right, they can go ahead and put it right into the donation box and have that already. You have a whole bunch of stuff that you don't have to go through at the end of the year because you dealt with it right then throughout the year. So when you come across things that you've outgrown or don't like, just put them in the box so that when it's time to sort through the clothes, you've already done a lot of the work on a day-to-day -day basis. Common decluttering barriers and solutions. Write down your action plan. There are a lot of serious benefits to writing things down. I'm, uh, oh, you can find, she has a link. You can see there's a link, common decluttering barriers and solutions. You can find that on the Five Hive and she has some more ideas for you. But now let's go back to writing down your action plan. There are a lot of serious benefits to writing things down. It actually makes you more committed to your goal. It helps to clear your mind. It clarifies your goals and priorities. It makes you more efficient, helps keep you motivated, encourages consistent progress, and gives you a sense of achievement. And then you can actually see it because it's written down. So create your action plan. I have to tell you that breaking things down into bite-sized action steps is how I get the majority of my decluttering work done these days. I just don't have large chunks of time to do projects, to do decluttering, home organizing, home decorating. It's amazing how much satisfaction you can receive by just taking on one task that takes 30 minutes to an hour to complete. You're making progress and headed in the right direction, and that's motivating. Um, Melissa says, I don't have to do the whole pantry at once. I can do a couple bins here, a couple bins there, and before you know it, I've cleaned out and reorganized the pantry. Now, she says to include timelines. So break your larger decluttering project into bite-sized and doable action steps. Then write it on the action plan and also include timelines. 
So what's a realistic day for you to do your decluttering plan? How long is this going to take? Is it going to be something you do over the weekend? Is it going to be a project you take on over the course of a month? There are, there are the five steps to actually completing your decluttering project. Just as a reminder, step one was create your vision. Why is this space important to you? What do you want it to feel like and how do you want it to function in your family? All right. Now, here's, here's an overview of what Melissa James says about the five steps to finishing a decluttering project. She says a step-by-step -step approach on how to remove those barriers, get started, and actually finish your decluttering project. Quick tip, there's so many benefits to decluttering, it makes you feel like you can find things once again. You're more likely to invite people over. You actually think clearly. There have been books written on that. It reduces stress and it provides a sense of accomplishment. Let me get a drink real quick. Now, here's what Melissa James has to say. She says, I believe that there's not a one-size-fits-all approach. We have different needs. We have different capabilities. We're unique people. And so that's what I like to do is create processes that you can tailor to yourself, to your own unique needs. And that's why I come on this podcast and share with you all these different people that have written these articles and talked about these subjects because it gives you a different approach and a different idea that you can fit you and your unique family. Now, here are some takeaways from what we just talked about. The re reality is many people get stalled and derailed with decluttering. One of the barriers to not completing a decluttering project is getting sidetracked and also having too long of a decluttering process. A well-defined action plan that addresses your barriers will help you to overcome any potential derailers. Our brain fears big projects and often fails to commit to long-term goals because we just abandon ship at the first sign of distress. Now, here are some action steps that she recommends. One, creating a vision is a powerful thing to help you begin with the end in mind. Instead of looking at all the work that's ahead of you, focus on the transformation. Assess the current situation and list areas that need to be decluttered. Identify how big the task is. Small tasks are things that are two hours or less. Something you can do on a rainy day or after the kids go to bed. Medium tasks require a bit more commitment. Those are projects that take two or six hours. And then the large are things that take a day or more requiring you to block off time on your calendar. 
Remove the barriers by coming up with solutions. Did we skip something? Yes, we did. We skipped identifying the barriers. Common barriers are time challenges, feeling overwhelmed, fear of getting rid of something you might need later, and trying to figure out what to do with the clutter. Sell it, donate it, throw it away. Five is remove the barriers by coming up with solutions. And six is to create an action plan that includes a timeline. All right, guys, that is Melissa James from our Happy Hive, Five Steps to Finish a Decluttering Project. And um, thank you for listening to this podcast and watching my YouTube. Please give me thumbs up, give me a review and share with your friends and family. I appreciate you and thank you for listening. I'll see you on the next one.